Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Steve Rosenblum, Adam Stadzinski on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Dang right. That's the way to have your Labor Day. That's the way to spend your Labor Day. That's what we're doing here. We're talking sports till 11 o'clock, and at that point, we will turn it over. We are the pregame show for the score's best of 30th anniversary show. Four rompin' stompin' hours of the best of the score from the 30th anniversary show. What a thing it was. What a thing it will be at yo 11 o'clock. Studs and I are broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Our phone number, 312-644-6767. That gets you to this implement this this instrument they call a telephone whatever that is but it gets you to the text line and now we're going to welcome in a guest we've had before we like him we love our ryan horvitt ryan horvitt is the host of bet mgm tonight and the bet mgm mlb podcast download the betql app today bet mgm airs live from 6 to 10 p.m chicago time Watch the show live on Twitch or hear it live on the Odyssey app. Ryan, we got to ask you, what kind of, how much would I have to lay at the Bears going 17 and 0, my friend? Oh man, going 17 and 0 this season, you could yeah. just throw down, you know, 15, 20 bucks, and if they go 17 and 0, you'll be rich pretty much because the odds are that ridiculous. You could lay down some nice money for them to win seven games. I think that's a little bit more realistic, just winning seven games, going seven and ten. But to go seventeen and zero, you'd never have to work a day again in your life. So it's 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 probably not the best investment. But hey, you know it's like it's, it's, look look what happened. Hey, look what happened at the Kentucky Derby though. Every once in a while, you throw down some money on a long shot, and it happens. So we'll see. Not, nobody's uh, nobody's had an undefeated realize, regular season since the past though. Do you not realize this is Chicago, my friend? Do you yeah. not realize that some, I was expecting to have to lay 2,000 to win 100? <laughs> yeah, in Chicago? Well, you, you, you never know, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think realistic expectations, though, are the seven wins. And I think they could actually get to the seven wins. If you could win six, seven games with Matt Nagy last year, I think that it's definitely doable. Look what happened in the preseason. Granted, it was just the preseason, but that last game for Justin Fields, I mean, there were some really good signs there. That, that's what you saw at Ohio State. And, you know, if you call the plays, the problem is he hasn't had a real play caller, so we'll see this year. 
obviously with the change in the, you know, with the coaching staff, if they're able to get things done, but man, I went back and I watched that first game where they pretty much threw him to the wolves. And I want to say he averaged like 1.5 yard per attempt in that game. It was literally the worst offensive game plan I've ever seen in my life. So we'll see this year. I, I do think, I do think they will be much more competitive, especially in the NFC North, because I think the Packers are going to be down a little bit without Devonte Adams. I like the Vikings a lot, actually, in the North. And then everybody's buying into the Lions hype, especially with them being on hard knocks and Dan Campbell and that coaching staff screaming at each other pretty much the entire episode every week. I'm not buying into the Lions. So I think the Lions are going to be just as terrible with Jared Goff still as their starting quarterback. So I do think the Bears might be able to at least split with them this year. And see, and that, that leads me to, to what I wanted to ask you here, Ryan, because it, and it's good to hear someone from the outside have some logical perspective on this because I think some of the national analysts picking the Bears to be the worst team in the league, three wins, is kind of kind of overblown because of exactly what you just said. Matt Nagy's no longer here. They won six games last year with that ridiculous scheme, whatever the hell you want to call it. I agree that game plan against Cleveland might be the worst I've ever seen. The most common over-under for Bears wins this year is five and a half. If I am looking, though, also on BetMGM, over six and a half wins, I can get plus money on that. What do you think about that? Yeah, I actually kind of like that bet, to be honest. You know, I've been talking about this for really the last couple months. I mean, if you look at it, they have the fourth easiest schedule of opponents. So you got to look at the schedule, right? I think that's the fourth largest improvement after last year. They faced the ninth most difficult schedule. And that included seeing, obviously, Devontae Adams twice in the division. Now Green Bay has to rebuild their wide receiver room. Like I said, I do think the Vikings are going to be tough. But that's a pretty easy schedule. What obviously sucks is who you lost. You lose Khalil Mack. You lose uh, Keem Hicks. You lose Eddie Goldman. So those losses are going to hurt but like you said I mean I think Justin Fields will be much better I don't really love the wide receiver room I do like Mooney a lot I think somebody will have to step up uh, David Montgomery if he could stay healthy I still think he's a top 15 back in the league it, you know then the other concerning thing again is obviously the secondary but I like both of those rookie corners and again you don't have to see Devontae Adams you do have to run into Minnesota twice with Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen but I think Kyler Gordon the kid that they took in the second round is going to be really good right away uh, we'll see what you know Brisker is going to look like usually that's the thing that kind of scares me is an inexperienced secondary and then a young coaching staff but I don't really know a whole lot about Matt Eberflus but Luke you know, we've seen him in the division the last couple of years. I know he's never really called plays, but that's what they say in Green Bay is they pretty much put together the offensive game plan all together. Like the offensive line coach, Adam Stenovich, who's now the OC over there, Luke Getze, you know, obviously Matt LaFleur. Um, they all put in the game plan together, but he's never really called plays. But, man, just watching that last preseason game, I definitely think that you see some positive signs for Justin Fields in the offense. So I do like that bet, man. I think they win seven, eight games. I, I, I really do think that in the NFC. Like, who really scares you in the NFC this year? Green Bay is going to go down a notch. I'm not buying into Tampa Bay. T- Tom Brady takes time off. He comes back. He looks like hell. He has the press conference where he brings up that he's 45 years old. They're all beat up on the offensive line. Um you know, the Rams, there's already concerns with Matthew Stafford. He's got an elbow injury. Last year he had the back injury flaring up all season long. San Francisco, they don't even seem like they're completely sold on Trey Lance, so they bring back Jimmy Garoppolo. The AFC is so loaded. I think you could make the case for, like, 10 teams to win the Super Bowl. But in the <laughs> NFC, man, I think it's going to be a down year for a lot of these teams. I actually really like the Saints, to be honest. I think the Saints are going to win the division. They're plus 300. Everybody's so hyped up on Tampa Bay. I think Brady comes down to earth this year. But I do, I do think that the Bears have the opportunity to at least win seven, eight games. So I just, 
I hear the outside noise, and I would take the over on their win total. I'm sticking by that. Our guest is Ryan Horvitt of BetMGM Tonight and the BetMGM MLB podcast. Steve Rosenblum, Andrew, uh, what's your name? Adams does it. I want to call you Andrew. You're the, you're the player to be named later, studs. All right, so in what you're talking about, there are two things that jump out as someone from our standpoint. We're analyzing the team, some personnel, who they're playing. And I don't know how that translates to numbers on where you'd put your own hard-earned money, Ryan. But let me tell me how you would look at this idea. The Bears do not play. I mean, they play uh, Rodgers twice. They only play two. They'll be playing three games against elite quarterbacks, three of 17. They Their defense is now based on something that we certainly feel comfortable with in Chicago, and it's stressing takeaways, which the Bears did not know how to do for the last couple of years. And it matters. You're just going to give the offense more chance. And you have, you have a, a different attitude there. With a defense in an offensive league, and sure there are some questions, there's a lot of rookies on that team, where does that play into you you assessing the bears and putting your own money down? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, you really, in this league, you have to take the football away. And if you are going to give up yards, because if you look at a lot of the different measures, you know, you'll see a lot of these defenses that you think are a top 15, top 10 defense. Like Buffalo is going to be really good defensively. They're going to be really good defensively this year because they take the football away, but they give up a ton of yards. So, it's cliche, but you want these bend but don't break defenses where if you are going to give up the big plays, the big chunk plays, you want to limit teams to field goals. And again, you have an inexperienced, a young secondary, so they're going to have to take the ball away. But I like the point that you bring up with the quarterbacks because last year they take, they faced, you know, pretty much, I think like a top five passing offense, you know, top five passing offenses in the league. You know, you had Matthew Stafford, obviously. Uh, You had Aaron Rodgers twice. You had Kirk Cousins actually had a really good year statistically if you look at it last season. I know the Vikings were a disaster, but I think that's more with, I think that's more because of Mike Zimmer. So like you said, you know, you start off the year with Trey Lance and you get him at home. So I know they're seven point underdogs, but I think they could at least keep that game close. You know, week two, you go to Green Bay, but Green Bay is still going to be figuring out that wide receiver room. So I actually kind of like them to keep that game close because it's Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard. You know, like if you look at Kansas City, everybody's overreacting, I think, a little bit to Kansas City losing Tyreek Hill. And he's great, but I still expect the Chiefs to win 12, 13 games with Mahomes because I like what they did in the wide receiver room. They brought in Juju Smith-Schuster, and they brought in MVS who could still stretch the field. So, yeah, you're not going to be able to replace that production, but you bring in guys that could get the job done. Green Bay didn't really do that. I mean, they drafted two kids, the Romeo Dobbs kids and then uh, Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. But when has Aaron Rodgers ever trusted a rookie? He never has, and I don't expect him to do it here, you know, year 17, year 18 of his career. So I think they could keep it close. And then it's the Texans with Davis Mills week three. It's Daniel Jones and the Giants week four, if he's even still the starting quarterback. That could be Tyrod Taylor. Then it is the Vikings. Then it's the Commanders with Carson Wentz, who statistically was the least accurate quarterback in the league last year. Then it's the Patriots. Mac Jones does not look really good this preseason. Um, and, man, with Matt Patricia calling the plays, who knows what the Patriots are going to look like on October 24th. You know, you get Tua, you get Atlanta. Who knows who their quarterback's going to be? I'm not very high on Jared Goff. You see him twice. You get the Jets. Um, so that's the thing. Like, if you look at the quarterbacks they face, the schedule they face, you know, they're only favored in right now three games this season. So that's why the win total is so low. But because they don't have to face Tom Brady twice, they don't have to face – 
you know, um, Josh Allen. I, I do think that these are winnable games, and even with a young and experienced secondary, they could take advantage of the schedule. So that's kind of where this all comes into play if you do want to go over their win total. Or maybe if you – the other thing you could do is play updated season win total. So they, if they get off to a slow start, one and four, their win total is going to go down. Maybe it goes down to three and a half or four games. Then you could take it if you think the schedule matches up a little bit easier later on in the season. But I think if you want to do it, you just take it right now. I want to ask you real quick, Brian, since you mentioned it in there, week one against the 49ers here for the Bears. The the spread's been sitting at plus seven for the Bears for a while now. It might change before kickoff on Sunday. Lines tend to move a little bit towards the end of the week. But what do you think about that? Because I like the Bears getting seven there. I think they keep I think like you said, I think they keep it close because I, I have a feeling Trey Lance might suck. You know what I did was, and I completely agree, anytime I'm getting over six and a half, seven, and what I'll wait to do is maybe wait to bet this until kickoff. And that's the thing. I was hoping that maybe Trey Lance would have a, would have a really good preseason, and then all of a sudden we get to kickoff, and that's eight and a half, nine points. We're getting more than a touchdown with Chicago. I don't know if that's going to be the case just because they had to bring back Jimmy Garoppolo and nobody's really sold on Trey Lance. But I still, I want the seven and a half, I want the eight. So I'm going to play the Bears as dogs. Uh, because I'm getting more than a touchdown, most likely at kickoff. So I'm with you there. The other thing I did, my favorite teaser, and I really like playing these. I like playing the six-point teasers. So you just obviously need two teams. So what I did was I ended up taking San Francisco minus one just to win the game because I could tease that all the way down from, you know, the key number all the way down to just one point. It pretty much becomes a pick I do expect San Francisco to beat the Bears week one. I just don't know that they're going to do it by a touchdown. And then I actually paired it with the Minnesota Vikings because at the time they were two-and-a-half-point home dogs to Green Bay. Green Bay is going to be much better defensively, but they got to figure some things out on the offensive side of the ball the first couple of weeks of the season. And they always play stinkers right away. Like, look at week one last season. Rodgers got blown up by Jameis Winston and the Saints. They got destroyed. They didn't cover the spread. It was a weird game because they played it in Florida. Um, but still, uh, he lost that game. He didn't look very good week one. We've seen that the last couple seasons. So what I did was I did the six-point teaser, and I just teased the Vikings all the way up to eight and a half or nine, whatever you could get right now. I haven't seen the line uh, here today yet. But I'm getting more than a possession with them at home. I think they beat Green Bay. And then I'm getting San Francisco pretty much in a pick situation. So that's my favorite teaser is teasing, you know, Minnesota plus eight and a half, and then just San Francisco down to minus one. But as far as, you know, just the regular spread, I actually kind of like the Bears to keep it close. You know, I could see that being a field goal game or a backdoor cover, especially week one. I'm always really careful because we see such weird stuff happen. I could see the Texans maybe pulling up off an upset victory week one. Like, there's going to be a big upset. It's just, who's it going to be? So, I do like the Bears plus seven a lot. It's hard to believe it's this week. So much has gone on with the Bears, and they're changing everything and doing this, and people leaving and coming, and big names going, and then, and Justin Fields, and he wants to be coached hard, and then, oh my God, it really is this week, isn't it? I, for me, I don't know how you guys feel, and maybe Ryan, you're just so caught up in, in all the numbers and the ticker and this, but I'm really having a hard time believing it's this week. There's going to be actual football instead of just us yammering on and blathering about the Bears. We made it. I know. And it, well, the thing is, it gets a little bit more ridiculous and I love it. And I'm guilty of this. Like I'm betting college football games in July. I'm betting the NFL, you know, the games of the year, the look ahead lines immediately. But 
I mean, preseason, even though we've went down to three games, it seems longer than ever. If you're a college football fan, it's literally year-round because now we have the transfer portal. You're trying to figure out who's going where. You know, there's new quarterbacks everywhere. There's new coaches everywhere. So football's really become year-round, you know, and obviously if you like other sports, like right now, if you're following the White Sox, it's pretty ridiculous. I actually laid down more money because I'm an insane person on them to win the Central. Getting that one yesterday would have been real. Getting that one yesterday would have been really nice with Giolito on the mound, man. Obviously, everything falls apart there late, but man, we're getting a good price. But yeah, it's year round now. You know, there's the NFL Top 100. Um, we're watching the NFL Network. The schedule release. Look at the ratings this year for the schedule release. We know who these teams. We know who these teams are playing. Yep. Yet still on a random Thursday night, we're sitting watching the NFL Network for three hours breaking down the schedule. So it is kind of crazy to believe that it's finally here and these games are going to count. So uh, last thing I want to ask you here, Ryan, since you brought up college football, the game last night between LSU and Florida State, I, I just want, I'm just going to throw this out there, your thoughts on, on how it ended. And I didn't see what the spread was for that game. So was there any kind of any kind of huge swing betting loss on LSU getting that kick blocked. Oh yeah. There, it was huge because the under ends up hitting in the game, the total, oh. it would have went over. So if that game goes 24, 24, you're getting the over guaranteed, right? Because we're at least getting a field goal or another touchdown. You're probably going to overtime where they're going to trade touchdowns for a half hour. Um, <laughs> even with the new overtime rule. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I had the under in that game, so that was a blessing. Plus, I'm a big Notre Dame fan, so watching Ah. Brian Kelly lose was tremendous, especially after, you know, Notre Dame covers the number against Ohio State, which Marcus Freeman had, he even brought that up in the press conference. He's like, we're 17-and-a-half-point underdogs? I'll use that as motivation. He was looking, Marcus Freeman on Saturday night against Ohio State was looking to make the boosters happy just by covering (laughs) the spread, keeping it close. You saw how safe he played that game. Then to watch... Them cover against Ohio State when nobody gave them a chance, only to watch Brian Kelly the next night. Uh, that was a beautiful thing watching him lose. But, man, yeah, a terrible beat if you had the over in the game. The game goes under because of that uh, missed extra point. Putting the L on LSU, we love that. If there's even more pain to be absorbed by Brian Kelly, we'd all be in favor of that. Ryan, I have – I don't know if you could set a line. This this ventures from setting a line This from from the betting world into the real world of the Bears – but if you had to set a line looking at their their team, their roster, their offensive line, how many start? What's the over and under for Trevor Simeon starts? Oh, this season, I would go, man, I would say one and a half. We'll go one and a half. Um, you think because Justin that off- Fields is going to stay healthy? I have to. I have to. If I think they're going to win seven, eight games, I do not want to see Trevor Simeon in the year 2022. If I see Trevor Simeon trotting on that field, they're going to have to make a phone call for somebody else. I don't know who. Maybe Josh Josh Rosen's available. He just went through his eighth team. No, I do think he's going to stay healthy. I think because what it comes down to is, again, if you look at the Matt Nagy game plan for Justin Fields, I don't think he ever wanted Justin Fields there. He didn't know what the hell to do with him. He has to get rid of the ball quickly. But if you look at the numbers when he was at Ohio State, passes 10 to 15 yards downfield, Justin Fields is ranked like statistically the best quarterback in all of college football the last decade by those numbers. He needs to get rid of the ball quickly. You don't want him sitting back there holding on to the ball. I know you know he could use his legs and he's super athletic, but it's going to come down to just getting rid of the ball. We're getting rid of the ball quickly. They figured that out in Green Bay because Green Bay has a great offensive line right now. But look at all the injuries that they've dealt with the last couple of years. You know, obviously, um, like with David Bakhtiari going down, with Elton Jenkins, those are two all pros. 
and look what Luke Getzey was and, you know, Matt LaFleur and those guys were able to do. It was Rodgers getting rid of the ball quickly. That's why he's been so much better the last couple of years. So I think that's going to be what we see from Justin Fields. So I do think he's going to stay healthy. I think he plays at least 14, 15 games this season. Okay. All right. We have it on tape. We'll mark it. We'll bring you back. We'll <laughs> talk about it. Ryan, it's great. Thanks for coming on. We love talking to you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, guys. That's Ryan Horvath, host of BetMGM Tonight and the BetMGM MLB podcast. Download the BetQL app today. BetMGM airs live from 6 to 10 p.m. Chicago time. Watch the show live on Twitch or hear it live on the Odyssey app. So we talked about the offensive line studs, and Mm. you singled out some Ryan Poles, the soul of the offensive line now masquerading as a GM. And and you share with the class what we're gonna what we're gonna hear after this break. Just tease us a little bit. So Ryan Poles was on the Hogan Johns podcast, and Hogan Johns, obviously, we know two really good Bears reporters here in the city work for the Athletic. They have their podcast. He Ryan Poles spoke with them last Thursday, and I went through it last night and picked out a couple things that I really. First of all, the whole thing's really good, but. Picked out a couple things specifically, like you said there, around, around offensive line play that 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 really tickled me. Plus, plus Rosie, we got to mention, and I, I I would love to get into this because I love it. Jason Peters apparently is going to sign with the Cowboys, and I love that he is just taking the last two off seasons off, and then he's just getting off his boat and going to walk into a starting job two years in a row. It's it's incredible. I love it. Yes. Well, we know how many good personnel decisions Jerry Jones makes, so. I, they can have it. That's the way I look at it. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we will hear from the Bears GM. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Adam Studzinski. Thanks for listening on Labor Day to us, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Adam Studzinski on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. We are back. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Back. Adam Stazinski. We are your Labor Day hosts. We're your pregame show for the Scores 30th Anniversary Party. We are going to bring you the best of the Scores 30th Anniversary Party. 30th Anniversary and Party Part 2. Yes, right. Like so it'll air at 11 o'clock, run till 3 o'clock. I don't believe it can hold it all, but they're going to try. And <clears throat> we'll have a highlight of that from my all-time favorite score personality. We, that'll be coming up this hour for now. And we'll also bring you some sound. Matt Eberflus, your interim coach of the Bears, was on our brother's Oh, station. he's already got the interim tag? Or does he have to earn the, the permanent tag? I, I, I'm not sure how this works. Do they start with the interim interim tag? And then Always. they... Okay. Always. Right. That makes sense. It, it hits, hits principle. The I in hits stands for interim. <laughs> and that's the way it works. That's so fair. That's fair. We will get that to you. But in the meantime... Studs, you uh, share with the class what you heard and what we're going to hear. Okay, so as we said last segment, Ryan Poles had a really good interview on the Hogan Johns podcast. And I went through it last night. It's the first time I had a chance to, to sit down and, and check it out. And then, so gave it, a, gave it a listen slash watch while I was watching LSU lose, which was, was a really good, really good evening, honestly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stuff really stood out to me, but the things that I I picked out from this to to bring up on the show here, the first of which has to do with with Tevin Jenkins, who has had a really interesting arc 
in the last three weeks. When we think about the fact that he went from trade rumors to not practicing to is he a second-round bust, are they going to cut him, to changing positions, starting right guard. And he did all that. All that happened in less than a month. <laughs> I mean, so it's a really remarkable turnaround, and Hogue asked the question to polls that he's going to answer when we set this up here. Basically said he's never seen that kind of turnaround for a player in one camp, and that's where Ryan Poles picked up here. It actually kind of blew my mind a little bit. So he's out for a few days, and all of a sudden there's like trade rumors floating around, and I hadn't called anybody. But what happens in the league is people call you because there's rumors floating around. Like, yeah. hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, evaluating Tevin. Like, we're seeing how he does. And so his move from tackle to guard, it, it, it look, he's doing a good job, and we're happy about it. We got to the preseason games to see what it would look like, and he's doing good. And he's physically, he is gifted. Uh, but I, what I love the most is his finish, his strain, his aggressive uh, style that he's playing with right now, and we hope he keeps it up. So you have this conversation with Tevin. Do you tell him, hey, Forget about those rumors. Like, you have a home here. We like what you're doing at guard. And then, like, how does he re- yeah. how, how re- respond to that? Because he's brought that up a couple times about finding a home, yeah. working at guard. Like, how did he respond to, I no, guess, your was, messages? To he him? definitely appreciated the communication. And, you know, I was asked before, like, what can you improve? Like, I, I told him, like, I can improve on, you know, communicating better. And he said, I can communicate better myself, too. Um, but we got on the same page, and it was it's good. He's doing a good job. I'm proud of him. I told him that. So, As a former offensive lineman, can you just take us through maybe the nuances of how difficult that transition is, especially in a condensed period of time to yeah. go from tackle to guard and, you know, yeah. what you're seeing up front? Yeah, there's different challenges. You know, you play more on the island at tackle. Um, you have a different type of athlete coming at you. Um, it's weird because you actually have a little bit more time is what it feels like. And then when you kick further inside – you have less time and you have to react and, and feel things, but then you have bigger bodies trying to run through you, also wiggle, you know, on your edges. Um, so it's, it's just a different style, and I think the biggest thing is just reacting faster because things happen faster inside. Um, but you can tell his strength, his power, his length, that's where it really benefits him in that position. So what do you think, Rosie? Because I thought that was, first of all, you can hear the old offensive lineman in him talking mm-hmm. about the the transition and how inside you have less time to react. That's something that I never thought about. And I I love that he also addressed the trade rumor stuff. He's just like, I hadn't called anybody. <laughs> I get they all these calls all of a sudden. He's like, yeah, they're calling me. I haven't called anybody, though. I think I, two things struck me while I was listening to that. I, the, the first thing that struck me was that I'm really happy – that the Bears GM is an offensive lineman with that kind of a former offensive lineman with that kind of insight and still a lot probably what will be a lifelong passion for offensive line play because that's where you build it. Offensive line, defensive line, that's where you build this team, Mm -hmm. that team, any team, a championship team. Goes from the inside out. Right, and that's where it is. So this is an immediate test of what he knows and what he doesn't, what he doesn't know. And I, I rel- I have no idea what he knows. We haven't seen this offensive line play in anger, play for real, play together, play with other teams game planning against every weakness they can find and they will find it in the NFL. And yet I'm, 
I'm glad that this is this is the test. I mean, what when you look at like the last GM, the last Ryan in that office, <laughs> what he knew about quarterbacking is what we all knew. Drew Brees is good. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> boy, wow! You're you're a fantasy the, league GM, the all time the all time leading passer in the National Football League. Yeah, how about that? He's yeah, good, huh? All right, he's good. Wow, that's it. so. You got an offensive line. This is a, this is a wonderful barometer for Ryan Ryan Poles. The other thing was the the way you set it up, the way you described the last really less than a month, the last three weeks of Tevin Jenkins's life, of Tevin Jenkins's career was desperation and when you're desperate you just react you're lashing out you're reacting you're doing what comes natural you do whatever it takes and that is a really good thing in an offensive lineman mm-hmm. i think if you the bears you talk to all the bears player bears players from the 85 bears and one of the things that the guy the offensive lineman nobody talks about is mark bortz because mark bortz was a former defensive lineman turned offensive lineman and he could be angry and mean. He never struck anybody that way. But there was that kind of that kind of edge, that kind of desperation, that kind of fear he could instill. As a guy, you're supposed to react. You rarely get the chance to just plow ahead when you're running the ball. When Walter Payton's there, you do get to plow ahead. But I think I felt that. I think Tevin Jenkins has shown that mm-hmm. that there's that desperation, and I'm. This is it. You're getting all I got, and you're going to take the worst of it, buddy, because my career's <laughs> on the line. And I think it is starting to bring out the the best in him. And, and, may, and apparently, he might be better suited for this inside game. And maybe because it, like Poles was talking about there, you have less time to think, and it's more reacting. And maybe he's a better player that way. And it, you know, it's going to remain to be seen. I mean, they that offensive line has a huge test. This coming Sunday, the 49ers front six, seven is about as good as it gets in football. So the, the whole offensive line has got a huge test. And we're going to see particularly how one of Poles' guys that he picked out that is going to be the starting left tackle, Braxton Jones, reacts to going up against one of the best defensive ends in football in Bosa. And I always forget which Bosa it is, Joey or whatever. I get them mixed up. They both play on the West Coast. They both have Bosa's their last name. So anyway, it's one of the best in the league. That's all that matters. And Braxton Jones is going to be seeing him a lot. Ryan Poles also, again, talking with Hogan Johns here, talked about how he picked out Braxton Jones, how he scouted him. And we're going to get more of, I'm going to call it this meatball offensive line stuff here because he – you can tell he's really just drooling over talking about offensive line play. What stood out to me, just just obviously I've played the position, so I just love watching it, and it's like a passion. You know, I think anyone that's played a line, you just you look at things different, but his, his so there's feet and hands, right? You can have quick feet, and then you can have length and a, a good punch. And then the other piece of that, especially being young, is, is patience and, and when to throw your hands, but also can your feet react. And then the last part is, can you strain to, um, you know, correct and, 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 and finish when things don't go right? Can you recover? Um, so what stood out to me first was his patience with his hands. And I was like, it's pretty good, right? So then there's kind of boxes you got to check. It's, it's OTAs, right? It's just helmets. But then the pads come on. What happens when someone tries to go right down your middle? 
you know, do you do you have the anchor? Can you drop anchor? Do you have the, the ankle flexibility? Can you can you drop and and strain to finish? And he's starting to show that when pit, when pads come on. And then this guys choose one or the other way, speed or power. And then they start to flex both of them. And then how do you react from that? So his ability just to react to it, show that he's got enough anchor, his patience with hands for those guys that have speed rush. Um, he just continues to check those boxes. Now I said, we, we got some big dogs coming in here early and we're going to see how he responds to it. And I think the most important piece is the short memory. Can you get beat and then come back or do you curl up? So that's going to be the next challenge for him, but I'm, I'm stoked on his development so far. I don't think I've ever heard a Bears general manager, Rosie, talk that specifically about offensive line play. I mean, he, he's talking about technique. He's talking about progressing through the offseason and what they like checking these boxes about what he wants to see. That's, that's phenomenal. I, I agree, and that's why I think it's a great barometer to, to judge the ability of Ryan Poles to build this Bears team and he's starting at the right place. That's true. And by the way, Nick Bosa, that would be Nick the one. Bosa. That would be the Nick Bosa who is gonna <clears throat> who may give Braxton Jones whiplash, among other things. Yeah, and we'll I keep, see. I keep wanting to say Braxton Hicks, but those are and when you get married and you you are about to have commit parenthood, which <laughs> friends don't let friends have children studs, but when you commit parenthood When you commit understand. parenthood, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll then you'll discover what Braxton Hicks are. But Braxton I know Jones the phrase is, is going to get Braxton Jones is going to get a whole lot of lotta and and they again these games count they'll 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 find every weakness they can but the lack of film lack of video the lack of history may actually help the bears uh, and by the way this news note today uh, future bears hall of famer Jason Peters oh, yeah. signed with signed with the Cowboys hell yeah Argu- Arguably the best player last year. <laughs> I don't know if you can make an argument against it. He's yeah, certainly yeah. up there. And uh, seriously, the, uh, you think about Jason Peters the last couple of years, took the offseason off, didn't have to do camp, didn't have to do any preseason games, walks into a starting job and is going to make another couple million dollars probably. I mean, that's he's doing it right. That's, that's oh, yeah. beautiful. Oh, yeah. That's the way to do it. He's Adam Stadzinski. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Um, it, it might sound familiar, these airwaves. 847, it sounded familiar. When I left for it, a texture to the our tech zone, when I left for the dispensary this morning, it was Monday. I got home and turned on the radio, and it's Saturday. Saturday. How long was I gone? <laughs> Must have been some good we, weed, man. We appreciate that. Wake and Bake Club checking in. So we're going to pray, take a break. When we come back, we talked about the guys protecting Justin Fields. We are going to hear from Justin Fields and how he wants things to go and what he thinks. We are Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Adam Stadzinski on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Welcome back to our Labor Day broadcast. Thank you for joining in. Top of the hour, we'll hear from Mark Rohde and we'll hear from the greatest score personality of all time my favorite score personality of all time in advance we are the pregame show for for a four-hour extravaganza the best of scores 30th anniversary party oh yeah broadcast day uh it just it started in july and it just ended (laughs) 
and now we've recapped it into four hours starting at 11 o'clock. It'll go till three, and at the top of the hour, we will bring you Mark Grody, uh, a Saturday suckage legend because he's a Saturday suckage, uh, a progeny with a World Series ring. And we'll also bring you a bite from the from the my favorite score personality of all time. That's then, but this is now. Hey, Steve, real quick, we have a new a new character that I want to present to you for the Saturday Suckage crew. So six three zero texted us and said, "I know Studs just said Hogue and Johns, but I thought he said Hogan Johns, and my first thought was, damn, we have another Bears beat guy to learn, and I think." Hogan Johns should be the official Saturday Suckage Bears beat writer. Hogan I Johns. This, I thought the same thing as the 630 texture. I did. I thought, that's a name. That's It's not Adam Hogue and Adam Johns and all the Adams. Everybody's Adam anymore. <laughs> Hell but yeah. The, we have the, a council, the Council of Adams. We meet, we meet once Adam, a month. I think it's more like a coven, not a council. But the, the idea of Hogan Johns is a great name. That would be a, a, a wonderful literary thing. Hogan Johns. It's like Morton Grove your, for all your insurance needs. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Paul's Hogan Johns here. I want to ask about uh, Braxton Jones. Yeah, there you go. Well, we talked about last segment. We heard Ryan Poles talking about the offensive line and their job is to protect Justin, protect Justin Fields and how he sees that growth. Now, we're going to hear from Justin Fields himself. He was – are you familiar with this, Studs? The Take uh, yes. the North – podcast uh say say, say what is it the take Take the north North. podcast i'll have to check it out yeah on twitter at take the north pod oh oh yeah yeah i produced this yeah okay so it's david haw the top rated mully and haw radio show right here on the score five to ten (laughs) that you haw Huh. Uh, five to ten on the score airwaves, and Dan Weeder, a score contributor and a Tribune Bears beat writer, Dan Weeder sat down with Justin Fields, and we heard some stuff from Justin Fields, and now you're going to hear it. I want to be pushed hard. Um, I don't like when coaches try not try to like be easy on me, this and that, because I just not I just know that's gonna that's not gonna make me a better quarterback. Like that's not gonna make me the best quarterback I had. And I mean I've always been like that. Like in college I remember having a conversation with my quarterback coach my last year in college. Like I felt like he was being too easy on me. Just because, you know, coming off my sophomore year, Heisman finalist, this and that, we had a pretty good year. And then my last year there, I just felt like he was being kind of easy on me, like the mistakes I was making. Like, I want you to like, get on my ass and try to, like, <laughs> let me know. And then, boom, that won't happen again. So um, just coach me hard. And then, you know, I mean, I'm not going to take anything personal in that aspect because, you know, we're reaching towards the same goal. We want to win games. We want to win championships. So um, just coach me hard. Um, you know, make me the best quarterback I, I can be. And then, you know. Um, I think, you know, just being coached hard, you know, I mean, I don't know. That's just yeah. kind of how I was growing up, you know, in the South. Like, coaches get on you, this and that. Don't whine. Just don't take it personal because, I mean, we, we both want to win at that point. Chew my ass out if I deserve it, right? And, yeah, and, and exactly. tell, tell me I did Exactly. I'm going to take it like a man, move on, learn from it. So we're not in Mitch Trubiskyville or Jay Cutler <laughs> land anymore, are we, studs? No, no, we're definitely not. And, yeah, I lo- when I heard that, I, I was like, this is, first of all, Pointed it out to everyone to, for promo materials. Like, this is the best clip. Use this. And it, it <laughs> and it, 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 cause it's so good. It, and it's something that we haven't heard. I mean, you said it. We, we didn't hear this from Jay Cutler. We, it always felt like, and I don't, 
I'm sure that it was more overblown than it actually was, but it always felt like they had to really coddle Mitch. And and then, you know, the, the other hodgepodge of guys that we had here in the last decade plus, to hear a Bears quarterback say, I want to be coached hard, get on me about stuff, tell me when I'm doing things wrong, yell at me if I, if I need to be yelled at, because that's how I'm going to get better. And he wants, and he said, and you listen to the full interview, which, which you can. I'm going to go ahead and plug it wherever podcasts are found. Just search for Take the North, follow it. You can hear the, the, the full interview in its entirety. It's about, it's a shade under 17 minutes long. It's really good stuff. And I just, I, I love that he's so willing to say, yes, get on my ass, tell me when I'm screwing up. Because that's how I'm going to get better, and I, th- it, Dan had something that he said on the podcast of, of in one of our first few episodes when we we're talking about Darnell Mooney, and he said that whatever Darnell Mooney's ceiling is, he's going to reach it because of his work ethic and because of his talent. I feel the same way about Justin Fields. Whatever his ceiling is, if it's really good, if it's good, it, it, whatever it is, we don't know what his actual ceiling is going to be, but whatever it is, he's going to reach it, I think, because his work ethic and his athletic ability are both so great. I want to believe that. I love the idea that he's a touchdown to check down kind of guy and adjusting that and the fact that he has been, that he has a guy like Luke Getze, who at least publicly for what we hear is is transparent is honest is is pretty unfiltered for what we're used to hearing i think it's great yeah well i want to be you know turning point i don't know that's a pretty big word he wasn't going where justin fields was going wasn't going to blow smoke up his ass he was just going to give his honest response and i think that is something that justin fields was talking about and Mm -hmm. responding to so i think that's a really a really good sign i think the 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 question is, will he, will he have the, the gunslinger mentality, the fearlessness coached out of him? Can he manage that? Can he balance that with the smarts as well as the fearlessness? And I, that's really what it takes. And I think that we're starting to see more of that in him. You look specifically in the last preseason game, I believe it was on the second drive when they had a play-action rollout and he takes the dump off to the fullback, blossing game, in the flat for a first down. Last year, I don't think he would have done that. I think he would have held the ball, looked downfield, tried to hit the big play that he hit later in the game to commit off the same play. Right? So we're yep. start, like that was a significant play in the sense that he saw that he's got an easy five, six yards here to get a first down. He took the open guy. First down, move the chains. Now, now we're on to the next play. And you're right. You're absolutely right. That's something that that touchdown to checkdown mentality is great, but it hurt him a lot last year because he leads to holding the ball too long, and then that leads to fumbles because your offensive line isn't good, and and so on and so forth. So the willingness to take the checkdown, to take the easy play, and and he also talked about this in this interview, just that willingness to okay. I got an easy five yards here. It's first down, five yards. Now we got second and five. We're living to living to, to get another day. Or even if it's just nothing's there, I got to get rid of the ball, and we'll live to play another down. Like, that is a huge part of his development that we need to look at this year. 
Well, we'll get an idea. I can't believe it's the week one is here, <clears throat> and we made it. play football for real. And then it just it seems like it's taken forever. <laughs> it always does. We will we will take a break when we come back. Mark Rohde, we'll get his thoughts on Justin Fields, the development, the care and feeding of a young quarterback, and we'll bring you the soundbite of the my favorite all-time score personality as we walk you up to the scores best of from our 30th anniversary celebration. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Adam Stadzinski. Thanks for joining us this Labor Day. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 